Welcome to the Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. Today we have a couple special guests from the Ridgedale Players here in Troy, Sandra and Scott. They are board members. Awesome. And the Ridgedale Players, which we are very excited to go see because they, their new, what is it? Their lineup? Their schedule? Lineup? Lineup sounds season? like a good word. Season, yes. Their new season. season has just been announced. We talk a lot with Sandra and Scott about participating in community theater, which I was very curious about. Mm-hmm. Same season. Yes. Ooh. Tapping into our, our high school sensibilities. Yeah, I we think did I theater in high school, right? Yes, and I think I healed something. Like, I think I healed the high school self who was participating in theater. You know, my, my high school theater was very competitive. I don't know if you if I mentioned that on the show, but... The Ridgedale players, they weren't competitive at all. And they, they even talked like a about nice it. group of people. Yes. For all ages. Yeah. So I'm on the Ridgedale players website right now. And it looks like they have a list for Escanaba, which runs from September 15th to October 1st. And then they also list uh, their whole season. So Escanaba in the Moonlight, Barefoot in the Park, Christmas Story, the musical, The Miracle Worker, I love that play. Willy Wonka mm-hmm. Jr., It Should Have Been You, which is a musical, and Grease all come mm-hmm. out this year, just like a Kraken season. They also list the auditions that are coming up. So if you are at all curious or interested in participating in community theater, which I'm sure everyone will be after listening to Sandra and Scott talk about it, you can see what auditions are coming up. They also mention they always need help with things like sets, costumes, lighting, um, hospitality, anything like that. So if mm-hmm. you want to help um, participate and be a part of something like that, but you're not really uh, uh, in front of the scenes, what is it? You're more of a behind-the-scenes person. Mm-hmm. There's so many options for you. <laughs> uh, they also talked about um, they are a nonprofit, mm-hmm. so they get some donations, but really their existence relies on ticket sales. So Get out there and see your community theater shows, um, buy tickets. You're going to have a great time. And if you win the lottery, consider donating some of that money back to our local community. Great point. Yeah. Them in the library, really. Ridgedale players in the library. Good point. Yeah. So. Split up. I mean, if you have the lottery, you have enough money. You can split it up. You, know? you don't have It'll to give cheap. us like all of it. Just, you know, like yeah. maybe 2% of it would be nice. Yeah. 2 to 30%. I was going to say 2 to 35, but that's very generous of you, Olivia. Because they're doing Escanaba and De Moonlight, we are going to talk a little bit about the movie of the same name. Co-written, directed, starring uh, Jeff Daniels, who is a Michigan native. He lives in Chelsea, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, a local a local author, author local actor. Mm-hmm. When I watch the movie, recognize the scenery a lot. It, mm-hmm. You know, it looks very UP. It's a very UP It was story. actually filmed in Escanaba, okay. which is in the UP. For our friends that are not from Michigan, the UP, when we refer to that, just stands for Upper Peninsula. Uh-huh. We don't say Upper Peninsula every time we're talking about the UP. In Michigan, we just say UP. And we'll talk about it more in the episode. We talk about UPers, which are what people in the Lower Peninsula, where we're at, call people from the Upper Peninsula. Yeah. So try it out. Go see it go see the Ridgedale players. Yeah. Support our local community. I'm actors. going. I'm definitely going. Yeah, I'll I'm go not with you. Just Don't that. threaten me, I'll go with you. Jeez. We're going. We're going. Bye. See you there. Bye.
for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Would you mind introducing yourselves and talking a little bit about what you do with Ridgedale? So my name is Sandra Deering, and I am the president of the board of directors of Ridgedale Players Community Theater. Um, Our theater has two boards. We have a business board that handles the building and grounds and the financial aspects of the organization. Mm -hmm. And then we have an artistic board. And I am the president of the artistic board, who is responsible for choosing shows, all aspect of producing shows, casting shows, uh, selecting directors, backstage crew, and putting on shows. So what might be known as the more fun board of the two. Yeah, kind of the more I mean, fun part of You don't advertise yes. that, but that's what it kind of sounds like. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I am Scott Steiger. I am the vice president of the board of directors at Ridge Ridgedale. Uh, I also act. I do sound. I do lights. I do sets. We all do sets. We all do lights. We all do sound. Community theater, we are... We kind of do it all, and and, uh, it's really fun. We really love it. So why did you pick Escanaba and the Moonlight, which is coming up pretty quick? Okay, so we have a play reading and casting committee whose job is to read plays all season long Mm -hmm. in an effort to choose shows for the next season or the upcoming season. And so the play reading and casting committee last year chose Escanaba in the Moonlight for a couple of reasons. Uh, Coming out of COVID, we've kind of had a focus on shows that were uplifting Mm-hmm. Funny, people kind of needed an escape from COVID sure. and political drama and you know everything going on in our society right, right now. Sure. And we wanted something um, relatable that would help people in the community, you know, remember kind of what Michigan is all about. And so when Escanaba in the Moonlight came up as an option, you know, mm-hmm. we're literally searching through plays. Somebody read it and looked at it and said, this would be funny, relatable, appropriate um, for this time, for this time in our theater. That makes a lot of sense. People want a little escape. Right now, they want something fun. Humor. Yeah. (laughs) Humor. Yeah. Can you, um, so you talked about how it's um, something that kind of speaks about Michigan. Can you talk a little bit about the plot for our friends that maybe haven't actually seen it yet? And I'll say this now because I know I'll forget later. It is available for checkout on DVD from the Troy Public Library. I just returned the copy this morning. Nice. Yes, it is. It is a hilarious play. So the plot of Escanaba in the Moonlight is it's about the Sodi family, a family of men, a man and his two sons mm-hmm. who um, live in the UP. And the father is kind of a little crusty, like not a big fan of people from the Lower Peninsula. Yeah. He has his little you know, <laughs> Flat names landers. for Flatlanders and, and people who come to visit the UP. And it's really all centered around um, his oldest son, Reuben, who has not landed a buck in his entire life of hunting. And so in the hunting world, you know, getting your first buck, shooting your first buck is a really big deal. It's huge. And so it's kind of the shame of the family Mm -hmm. that Reuben, the eldest son, has (laughs) not landed his first buck here. And he is carrying the shame of the family. And it's really about how they return to the cabin for another hunting season Mm -hmm. to really answer that question. Is Reuben going to bag his first buck? Um, His younger brother, Remnar, years ago had bagged a buck. Um, There is a DNR officer who rounds and makes sure that everybody's following all the rules involved in hunting. And he has what he believes is a vision of sorts. So he comes to the cabin, stops by to sort Mm -hmm. of report this vision that he thinks he's had. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's a local friend who stops by who is having some mental changes. I don't want to give away too much of the plot, but there's a little bit of a, there's something else going on in the area in the UP. And it's kind of a mystery to what's happening. Um, and so part of the unfolding of the plot is trying to find out what what is happening. So people who don't live in Michigan might not know a lot about the Upper Peninsula and how distinct it is as mm-hmm. a culture. 
I did a little research on it. Upper Peninsula dwellers are often called youpers, Y-O-O-P-E-R. And I actually found an interesting story about the word youper. So Steve Parks, who is now a district judge in the UP's Delta County, or was as of 2015 when the New, uh, Detroit News article was published about this little story. He was playing Scrabble in 2002 with his friend in the Upper Peninsula. And he tried to play Uber, as we all know it is spelled. And his friend was like, that's not a real word. And he was like, yes, it is. <laughs> and his friend was like, okay, look it up. So he went to Merriam-Webster, as all good Scrabble players do, looked it up, and it was not in the dictionary. And so he was clearly a very sore loser. So he wrote in to Merriam-Webster <laughs> and petitioned that they add the word into the dictionary. And the editor at the time was like, no, apparently they don't add regional words like that. He said, nobody outside of Michigan uses that word. We're mm -hmm. not adding it. It's not a real word. And try again in five to 10 years. So eight years later, he wrote in again and it was a new editor because yeah. they had <laughs> change over. Apparently she was like a little bit more open-minded than the last sure. guy was. And in that time, Stephen King had written a book with the word youper in it. It was a crossword puzzle clue. It was like in the culture outside yeah. of Michigan. Oh, and she said, well, let me look into it. I'll look into it a bit more. And Steve, mm -hmm. undeterred, sent her keychains. <laughs> he sent her t-shirts. <laughs> he sent her bumper stickers. Everything Uber related, he sent to her to, to petition. And finally, he was successful. So they had a celebration in Escanaba. When the word was entered, nice into the job, awesome. yeah. Steve. I did not Good. know that. I thought his I'm name sure was Steve Cass. Steve yeah. Parks. <laughs> Steve Parks. Steve Parks. Exactly. Nice job, Steve Parks. Shout out to you. Him. Know what? The lesson here is never give up. It I really never is. Give up. And be sometimes being a sore loser is okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they asked him why it meant so much to him when they wrote the article. Why did you want Uber mm -hmm. in the dictionary so badly? And he said, or they said about him. The entire peninsula feels like home to him. He loves everything about it, the land and lakes, the hunting and fishing, the distinct identity and culture. Residents in the rural outback are resilient, independent, hardworking, and community-minded, he said. And that's, do you see those themes come up in the play? Yes, oh, that yeah. absolutely yeah. resonates. As the DNR officer knows everybody personally yeah, and okay. stops by personally. Yeah, there is that personal relationship and community. And clearly that resilience, too. If he hasn't landed a buck by now, uh -huh. by gum, he's going he's gonna to get it. So do you, you bring a dialect coach in for a play like this? Okay, so how do they, how do you find a dialect coach? What does a dialect coach do? How do they work with the staff? So usually when you say, how do you find a dialect coach? Because we've been in community theater for so many years, we have kind of a Rolodex, if you will, of people we know who are dialect experts. For those who don't and know, a Rolodex is like a thing where you can Back find names and <laughs> numbers. Yeah, it was Sorry, like, yeah. I guess it's your contact Paper list cards that actually yeah. had little yes. handles and you could roll it around. I loved it. Sorry, yeah. Showing my age. But no, so I had one. You know, and if you don't know, you can, because there is such a rich volume of community theater in the area, we can call a sister community theater and say, hey, we need a dialect coach who knows the UP accent. Can you help us? We mm -hmm. happen to have one of our members um, is a dialect coach in several different accents. And so we called on her and said, what is your familiarity with the Upper Peninsula dialect? And she said, 
not a problem. Mm, So she, you know, did a little research on her own, reminded herself of the dialect, came in and listened to what the actors were doing in rehearsal on their own. Mm -hmm. And then she added in her own. They had one whole rehearsal where they talked about really when it comes to dialect and accents, it's more about hitting certain words to create the the feeling of the accent or the dialect Mm -hmm. rather than every single word being different than how you normally say it. And so she kind of came up with the 25 words and phrases and and speech patterns that you should punch to really create the feeling of the dialect of the UP. And so they record that and they listen to it and then they continue throughout rehearsal practicing it. Interesting. That's very cool. So were there particular words in the Uber dialect? Uh, they talk about Sodi as the family's last name. So mm-hmm. they talk about the Sodi Deer Camp. And I'm not great at the dialect, but, you know, they yeah. say Sodi Deer Camp. Okay. So camp is a camp is almost a C-O-M-P. Mm-hmm. So that's how you think about it when it comes out of your mouth so that it has that that, that Uber dialect. Mm-hmm. Um, the A, you know, the typical A, which is very Canadian. Right. Yes. Canadian-esque. Um, and so, but that's written in the script. So obviously you say it when it's written in the script, but then you have to find a way to make it come out naturally. Mm. So it doesn't sound like you're repeating dialogue. So it just sounds like your natural conversational style. Nice. I think if I was an actor, I would have to take my script and kind of write out phonetically how Mm -hmm. some of it actually sounds versus how it's spelled. So I could see that. Um, many actors do that. Yeah. Yeah. I I was in cabaret last year. And I was uh, Ernst Ludwig, mm-hmm. and so I had a German accent, and so that's what I did. Yeah. I went and wrote all the lines out in phonetically, and so you can memorize so it the memorize right way in your head. And, yep, and and I'm notoriously set. I'm not good with accents, um, but worked. I worked with uh, a member of the cast was from Germany. Oh, that good. was very helpful. Okay. <laughs> he was my my dialect coach, and so working with him and, and writing it all out, it was really really. I thought it was really good. <laughs> I, so a lot of people person. might not know that you can actually check out scripts from the library. So I ordered an Escanaba and a Moonlight from Melcat, which is our interlibrary loan system. And that work, it looks like, is done for the, the actors. The one I checked out had everything mm-hmm. phonetically yeah. written, that sort of Zora Neale Hurston dialect style of writing. Ooh, At first I was like, am I going to be able to understand reference. Yeah. So... I went to look at you. An <laughs> English major, guys. So what else? What are some other things about community theater that we're curious about, Amanda? I, I don't know if this was something you planned later in the show, but can we talk a little bit about what all is playing this year? Sure. Over at Troy. Sure. Um, so at Ridgedale Players this year, we are opening with, like we said, a comedy, something lighthearted, something well-known mm-hmm. to patrons because you want things that will draw, will draw people. Um, and then our second show is, again, we went a little heavier on the comedy. We're doing a classic Neil Simon, Barefoot okay. in the Park. Oh, mm-hmm. fun. Classic Neil Simon comedy. Um, as you pick shows for a season, you try to balance roles for men, roles for women, mm-hmm. singing roles, roles that include children. And so in our big picture of what the season looks like, we want there to be something for everybody. Sure. Um, Escanab is very male heavy. There's yeah. one female and five men in the cast. Barefoot in the Park, a little more even. A uh, couple of older parts for folks 60 and over. Um, and then our Christmas show is A Christmas Story. So, you know, the oh, movie A Christmas yeah, Story with yeah, Ralphie yeah. and the leg lamp yep. was turned into a musical. And so we are doing, it's an all ages musical. So oh, we have fun. children in the cast, adults in the cast. Um, we try to do one hybrid show every year, maybe every, every other couple season. Year, yeah. Okay. Because it just brings people together in a different way. Um, and provides another opportunity for the community to be involved. Sure. In January, we are doing The Miracle Worker. Oh, wow. I love that, I love that book. 
Yeah, yeah or play, I guess. I so that's our drama. Been. So that's, oh, we try wow, to do okay. a drama a year, which is it's not a super heavy drama when you think of no. in the realm of dramas. Um, and so it's a classic play again. Uh, we are reaching out to the American Sign Language community to support the production. And so we will have certain performances will be signed. Oh, cool. By That's someone. very cool. Um, yep, who we will bring in. And so again, it's another classic. Um, so it's male and female roles, very dramatic, heavy female roles, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, Willy Wonka Jr. is our oh, other cute. children's our, show. Our jar, first, cool. first, first real jar show of the season. Yeah, jar stands for Junior Actors of Ridgedale. Oh, cool. And then he's he's directing it. So it's a, it's, it's a total Candyland fun escape you know, think, what's think like the Gene Wilder yeah. yeah, good version. That's the, <laughs> yeah, best, be the best version, in my humble opinion. Yes. Yeah. Amanda always likes the original. <laughs> I really do. So then in the spring, our big musical for the season is um, It Should Have Been You, mm. which um, premiered on Broadway in 2014, yeah. I believe. Okay. It was a, it would have been a massive hit on Broadway, except it opened opposite Hamilton. Oh, um, yeah, so, no. Sadly. No and chance. So, so for people who've seen it, they're like, holy cow, why did this not go viral yeah. on Broadway? And it's because it opened opposite Hamilton. Mm. Wow. It's a story of a wedding with the typical overbearing mother, oh, interfering father, mm-hmm. crazy ex-boyfriend, relatives. crazy relatives. Oops, yeah. um, it has a little bit of an LGBTQ twist. Um, in the plot. And nice. so, you know, we try to be inclusive. We try yeah. to have our shows represent different populations, different people, different experiences. Sure. And it's, it's fun. And again, it's going to be one of those. It's a fun ride. And, and that's in the spring. And that's in the spring. How yep. fun. Yep. And then our final show of the season, we do a musical for teens only. Okay. Because teens like to just be together. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. And sometimes don't want to be doing a show with, with no. younger actors. Right. Um, and so we're doing Grease. Oh, very traditional. Really fun. I can't wait for that. Yeah. That'll be great. That'd be a fun one to go see. So when you said the miracle worker, that sparked something in me. Cause I always lived, I lived in Rochester my whole life. And so I was right next to the Meadowbrook theater. And I remember my mom took my sisters and I to go see the miracle worker when I was pretty young mm-hmm. and I loved it. It was so fun to be in the theater and it was magical, you mm-hmm. know, to be there. It's different than being in the movies. It's different than going to anything else. What were some of your sort of formative, how long have you been interested in theater, I guess? And what were some of your formative shows Mm -hmm. that you, that kind of got you to love the theater? So I actually got involved in college. I was at Oakland University. Um, (gasps) I was in Golden Grizzlies. I was an overwhelmed nursing student. I don't know why I thought, hey, I'll go do a play. (laughs) I'll add something else. (laughs) I auditioned in the theater department, frankly, had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was cast as the lead. Wow. And I thought it was a mistake. So I went to the director, came to his office and said, hi, I'm Sandra Gass. You've got my name down as Juliet and I'm a nursing student and I don't do Shakespeare. And he, wow. it, so whoever you did cast, you need to call that person because obviously it's not me. And he's like, I picked you. Are you coming? And so there I was. Wow. And I was 100% addicted okay. from that day on. That's a that's a good a, word for theater. Yeah, yeah. saying that you get addicted it's to it because it is it is such a strong. You get so much chemical en- energy in your yes. body Adrenaline. too. Right? Yeah, it's, I I did. Uh, I started in high school. I did huh. some some my senior year. I did some some stuff, and uh, we did a show called Knock 'Em Dead, and it was a great it's a great ensemble show. There's a lot of really inappropriate things that we probably could never put on stage again, um, but it was super fun as a as a as a 17 year old. Uh, and then I did I did some in college. I did uh, the Greek tragedy at Antigone. Um, oh, wow. I did uh, I actually did some student films at CMU. Uh, 
and then uh, and then life took over, and I stopped doing theater. And um, I didn't know of this community theater. I didn't know it was a thing. So once mm-hmm. I finished college, I thought, well, that was fun. Yeah. And we're done. Uh, and fast forward 20-some years later, uh, my kids start getting involved in theater. Um, and my brother-in-law starts doing theater. And I'm like, next time there's a show, you and I should go audition. And he and I showed up at Ridgedale, auditioned for a show two years ago. And I have not left. <laughs> I have been. I've joined the board. I have role. been a part of uh, every show for the last two years, nearly every show for the last two years in some aspect, whether doing sound, lights, uh, directing, acting, uh, and it's, it's an addiction, mm-hmm. and that my entire family has, has the addiction now, which is great, because I have three kids that are in it, one that can't wait to get into it. My wife does costuming. Oh, very um, cool. So we are, we are it's a family. It's a family affair, literally. It's, it's, I think both of those are such great stories for people who might be a little bit curious about Mm -hmm. theater. Maybe they tried it in high school or um, never did it, but have always kind of secretly hoped to try it. Because you, Sandra, it's not like you took a million acting classes before you Mm -hmm. started. You just kind of wanted to try it, so you did it. And you don't need to have all the credentials or whatever to to try something new. You can just you can just try it. And well, see. and what's great about community theater is you don't need to be the guy on stage. Yeah. yeah. But there's so much to do. Um, maybe you're more technical. Mm-hmm. You want to learn how to set lights or run lights or run sound. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe you just like building stuff. We'd love you to come out and help us build a set because that's like one of the biggest things is to, to get a set built. Or maybe you are an artist and love painting. Um, maybe you want to you know, draw up some scenes for us. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's just so many different things you can do yeah. um, within the theater. And it's, it's, it's really just, it's a, uh, you said my family, but my theater family is, is another extension of my family. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I it's, talked to a gentleman this morning. I was uh, sharing earlier that we were with our estate attorney signing documents right before I came here. Uh-huh. And our estate attorney said, Oh God, I really wanted to try theater, but college and, like, yeah. and I said, we cast people who've never been on stage yeah. all, all the, the time. time. Really? You can do a small role where you have five lines yeah. or, you know, maybe some, sometimes people are cast in the lead. Sometimes you just have it. You get up yeah. on stage and we can see it. Amanda and I are going to come. Come. We're going to yeah. audition yeah. for something. I, so, so Olivia fun. and I joke about at some point we need to not joke. I'm maybe. not joking. Talk about, about trying something because it does. <laughs> it sounds it, so fun. It is like the weirdest way I can explain it is it like satisfies an itch you have, right? Mm. It's like doing those little plays and things. It's like not little, but doing plays and things that kind of scratches that itch you have for whatever that bug is, right? It's like you said, it's an addiction. You get so many fun endorphins endorphins just and like i just remember the fear i would feel and then the satisfaction after you do a Mm -hmm. good job and you walk away from it and you're like i did it well and you you mentioned something and one of the great things about live theater live theater is living art that always changes you can go see every single performance of escanab in the moonlight it's gonna be be a new experience every time because you just Never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the actors don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> yeah. which is what makes it such a wonderful experience. And it's always a great show. We did uh, Enchanted April mm-hmm. um, this last April, and it was a show I had no interest in seeing. Um, <laughs> it just seemed out of my wheelhouse. It's a show about a bunch of women who go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, <laughs> that said, <laughs> I went and saw it five times because it was such a wonderful show. And it, every single time I saw it was yeah. a brand new experience. Absolutely. Have you done theater long enough to see a change in your audience as far as do people have different expectations now because of social media, because of all the things that we have access to versus 
20 years ago. Yeah. I think one of the biggest controversies we face when we're trying to pick shows for a season Mm -hmm. is how do you please everybody? Mm. Sure. So actors who are, you know, really want to do a heavy drama, like in August Osage County, which is a very heavy, very sad drama. Those actors want to do those shows, Mm -hmm. but sometimes the patrons don't want to come see that show because they want to be uplifted. Mm, Um, And then you have an older patronage that wants to see the classics, the Neil Simon plays, the state fair, the showboat. But then you have the younger actors that want to do next to normal, which is a little more of an edgy musical, a little more of a modern musical. And so putting your season together to fit that balance of calling in actors, Mm -hmm. you know, getting actors to come to your show and then appealing to patrons who want to come and see those shows. That is the balance of finding a little bit, a little bit of something for everybody. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And social media has definitely driven that, you know, there's an immediacy to social media and the clicking and getting people to come in and sit for two hours and, and engage and become immersed in a live production some for some That's folks hard. on social media, it's a brand new experience, yeah. and some of them do find themselves like, "Wow, I had no idea." Right, Scott. I like what you said about having this sort of theater family. We talk a lot in the library about creating programming for people to kind of create communities because yeah. isolation and loneliness, I think, has been a problem for many, many years in our culture. Way before COVID, Pre-COVID, I think. Yep. Yeah, sure. COVID just sort of exacerbated it. Do you have any stories or? Anything you wanted to say about community theater creating community for people? Absolutely. Um, so when my son entered middle school and he was he was a competitive dancer for a long time and he's like, I really want to do theater. They have a theater program at the middle school. So he started doing, they were doing uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And he got cast as the, the queen's, the queen's, she's not a witch, she's the queen, <laughs> the queen's dwarf. So, um and he is one of the most engaging actors I've ever watched. He mm. His character work is amazing, and watching him do it was amazing. Um, but after the run, he came to me and he said, Dad, I found my people. Oh. And I said, me too. Oh. Because I had been working sound with them, and um, I realized, like, this is, this is, I got to go back to this. These are my people. And then I joined Ridgedale not shortly, you know, long after that. And uh, that... That's it. The The first show I did, I'm very close with many, many, many people from that show. We still come and get together at Ridgedale, but we get together outside of Ridgedale. We, we hang out and that's my, those are my friends. Those are, but they're, they're more than friends, they're family. I know no matter what's going on in my life that they're there for me and, uh, and I can always count on them. And that's, that's what I think I found. And not, you know, we have a collaborative of, of theaters in the area and so I, I do a lot with Ridgedale, but I also go to other theaters in the area, and uh, and it's the same. It's mm. the same feeling, and and there's no like, oh, you're from another theater, you're an outsider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody is like, and now it's like it's great because now I see them like, oh, hey, let's go, let's go to Ridgedale and, and check out some shows there, and mm. let's let's join those. Let's, you know, what are you guys doing? Oh, that sounds fun. Maybe I'll come audition. And mm-hmm. so. I think that so that it's not just the Richdale community, but it's the community theater in this area is, is just really, really family, which is great. We're lucky in mm-hmm. this area. We have so many great communities. There's a theaters. lot. It's yeah. very unusual on a national level. Really? Yeah. Southeast Michigan has, I think, more community theaters per square mile than wow. almost anywhere in the country. It, wow. it's, it's it's a unicorn. Yeah, because we have where around here besides Troy, there's 
Rochester, right? Avon players. Avon players. Avon players. Stagecrafters. Stagecrafters. Birmingham, Birmingham Village players. Okay. St. Dunstan's. Yeah. Wow. Farmington. Oh, see, I didn't know about all Dearborn, those ones. Gross Point. Yeah, we were wow. Civic. I could go on and on. Yeah. Maybe we can go Lakeland. out to Fenton. Howell. That's where I'm from. Yep. Fenton. Fenton. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's, it's, yep. there's a lot. Yeah. And people seem to make good use of them, too. Every time I go to a community theater show, it's packed. There are a bunch of people there. That's part of what I wanted to talk about, too. Why do you think it's important for people to go to their community theater? I think I think theater in general and art in general is an outlet for people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually research and um, data that shows that art improves people's quality of life. Mm. Uh, it brings people together. It can allow you to have an experience Um, by watching a show of an environment or a culture that you're not familiar with, and it can raise your awareness of somebody else's experience. Mm -hmm. You can see your own experience on stage and feel seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And I think it does bring community people together because they talk about it and they meet people who they otherwise wouldn't meet. I always think it's funny when a cast and crew go out for a meal or a drink after rehearsal, yeah. and we sit at a table, and the waitress comes up and cannot figure out how you're all, how we're all that's related. That's why. Can't figure fun. out what's the no. dynamic here. Why? Is this a business meeting? What's the why here? What's yeah. going on here? But then, like, the, the local karaoke hosts get to know us. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you're featured. Because the stage is not enough. No. You can't stop that. The world is your stage. Is right? But I think it, too, you know, we're, you know, we're a nonprofit, and so by by coming out and, and supporting us, you're supporting, you know, the arts. But a nonprofit that you know, without without you, without the patrons, we don't we exist. Don't exist. Yeah. So, and to put on our next show, we need to yep. sell seats and sell tickets, and yeah. and and we we look for we um we need donations and and things. That's it keeps us afloat. Mm. And I think when it comes to children, just to add one final comment to that. I had parents say after COVID in our junior program that their kids were thriving and, or they were needing that social interaction. Yeah. Mm, and absolutely. for kids who are shy, kids who um, are neurodivergent, mm-hmm. it gives them an opportunity to learn stage presence, public speaking, mm-hmm. teamwork, success, memorization of lines. I mean, there's just so many different life skill building things that come out of being involved in in a theater production. Yeah, and, sure. our, and our junior program is very much a, a teaching program in that we we try not to cut any kids. Mm. Uh, we, I don't, except for the teen, except for the teen the program. Yeah. yeah, except for the teen program, we usually can't fit them all on stage. So, um, but with the, the JAR, with the junior actors, uh, the eight to, to 18-year-old shows, we don't normally cut any yeah. kids, um, which means everybody gets an opportunity um, to learn and to, have fun and make new friends. I could see that being huge in Troy because the Troy schools are so big and it's easy to get lost in a big school. So to have sort of a smaller community of your people, Mm -hmm. how old was your son when he said that he found his people? He was in middle school. Oh, he was 12, 13. Oh, what a huge, what a huge time to find. He he hasn't left it. I mean, he's just, he actually just uh, was SpongeBob uh, at Stagecrafters. Oh, uh, cool. And and I've got him coming to audition for, for Christmas story. So um, he'll be joining, he'll be on the Ridgedale stage again soon. And it's, uh, but that's it. He doesn't just have to come to one place and there's, he's bringing his friends with him too. (laughs) He's like, come on, let's go audition for another show together. Yeah. If we have some curious listeners, what's like the time commitment for folks as far as rehearsals and things of that nature? Yeah. So what we have eight, eight weeks for a straight show. Usually we try to do eight weeks. It's usually um, 
three rehearsals a week. Okay. For eight it's weeks. Uh, tech week is a little more, you know, when week before the show, it's, it's every day, it's usually true. Sunday to Sunday and then we'll give them Thursday off. Okay. And show, show Friday. Yeah. <laughs> um, we try to give a little more time for musicals. Okay. You need a little bit more time for the music sure. uh, and dancing and fun stuff. Yeah. So they, I think about 12 when we can. That, I mean, when, when we can. Yeah. That's not unreasonable amount of time, especially when you think about kids sports nowadays. Oh, how yeah, much geez. time the, uh, pra- I cannot believe how much these kiddos practice compared to what we did and just the expectations. So that's not. I actually, at all unreasonable. I just had this conversation with someone because my, my kids are not sports kids, mm-hmm. um, but you know my neighbor kids are and like their friends are, and it's amazing the commitment and the pressure. I think it's not like when I was a kid I played t-ball and it was yeah. like fun at the rec yeah. level, right? Now it's yeah. it's all these twelve U and travel teams and yeah. serious theater, stuff. Now. Theater's different because you get in there and you audition for a role. And a kid can get in there and audition for a role, get whatever part they get. They don't really have a lot of say in it because the director and the casting team is going to cast them. Then you're done competing. Mm-hmm. You no longer are competing with anybody else on that stage. You're one, uh, you're one cast. So yeah. it's, it's, that's it. It's the end of the competition. Now it's, it's fun. Um, so I think that's but still that's, the element of the teamwork because yes. you're all bringing this yeah. together and just, yeah. but you're not competing against another theater group. Usually. Exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's just, let's put a show on. We all have one goal and one yeah. mission. Right. So I like that aspect of, of theater, um, a lot for my kids. I had yeah. never thought of that before. Even with music, they have band competitions yeah. or they're, you know, yeah. whatever, solo and ensemble competition. But with theater, it's, it's collaborative. Everybody's working together for the same goal and supporting each other. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. What, what show are you most excited about this year? Yeah. Oh, you? Oh, Is it hard to pick? Just one. It's hard to pick. Yeah. I would say a Christmas story, the musical. Yeah. Because okay. we fought really hard to get the rights. Okay. Which is a different, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Miracle Worker, because the yeah. truth is, and I'm going to put this out there in the energy in the universe, Anne Sullivan is my dream role. That is my <laughs> absolute, every actor has one role that if they could play that role, they would never act again and they would be happy. Yeah. And Ann Sullivan is that role. I can see that. I remember me. that so. from, I think that was the most memorable part of all of my theater going was seeing Ann Sullivan and the yeah. Miracle Worker. It's yeah. a cool role. I'm trying to think of what my dream role would be now. Yeah, now you got to figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. See, I like, my, my bias for the shows, though, is is, is got to be Willy Wonka well, Jr. Well, well, I mean, but yeah. I'm just, I really, just really excited to direct that show. And I think that yeah. there's so many kids have come to me and like, ah, I'm so excited to do it. It's going to be so great. <laughs> I can't wait to go see that. Room. So you're directing. I am. Yeah. Okay. Really How cool. is that different than anything? I mean, have you directed before? I, I directed last year, I directed my first show last year. Um, I'm co-directing Christmas story the musical. So that's like, that's my second, like <laughs> very excited, but I'm really excited for that one as well. My kids just did a professional production of it last year. It's such a fun show wow. and there's so many great songs in it, but, um, Directing is such a different creative outlet. I really have learned, I really love it. I really love the production side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because community theater, um, the director does a lot um, from set design to to casting to, you know, getting cuts ready. And so, you know, in the professional theater, you might have a casting director and, and a, a designer. And so, uh-huh. uh, so it's just really been fun to be creative and figure out how, and our stage is a smaller stage. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, this is what we would call like a black box and we can't fly things in and we have very little wing space. So, you know, we got to get real creative with how you're going to have four scenes on yeah. the stage. So like last year I directed 101 Dalmatians and I, 
built these flats that spun. So one side of it was the London skyline, and you spun it around, and you're you're in cool. you're in the home of, of of Roger and Anita, and it was really really fun to, to figure that out and be creative mm-hmm. with that. So it's just it's just a different creative outlet, and I love it. What's your dream role? Because I've thought about mine, so now I have to ask everybody oh, else. So first. you can say yours. Yes, I'm dying to share it now. <laughs> I was thinking about it while you were talking. I don't. I don't know. I'm the one. The one actor who doesn't know. Um, what? I don't. I don't. I because I. I just am happy to be there. I'm that. Yeah. I'm just like when when I came and auditioned for the first show at Ridgedale, I was like, okay, there's 12 people. It was 12 incompetent jurors. It was a. It was a spoof on 12 angry men okay and i'm like let me be one of those weirdos who has like four or five lines it'll be great it'll be fun mm-hmm. and i got cast as juror number eight who's the who's the henry fonda character who's trying to prove so i had like a hundred and some lines like, oh. not what i was expecting it was a great role um i might have played it ernst ludwig has been my favorite role ever and so i might have already done it i might have played my dream role is that cabaret, is that cabaret? yeah cabaret. 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 yeah olivia dream role yeah but, no, what's yours, man? Edo Annie. No. Edo <laughs> Annie in Oklahoma would be so much fun yeah. to play. Yeah, I love my I love kids. That just so did much. Oklahoma at their at their middle school. I uh, can honestly say That's I've never so seen the play. Oh. I've only seen the old school movie well, version with uh, from the what fifties? Yep, four to fifties. There's a professional group out in Dexter, okay. um, the Encore Musical Theater, and they are doing they're doing they're Oklahoma, Oklahoma later this yeah, year. Yeah, worth, worth it. It's a great little theater. My my kid, that's where my kids did did uh, okay. Christmas story last year. But yes, I'll have to check, check it out. I, it's not too ways, far from but some it's, family. But it's great. Yeah. yeah, I've got some family out that way. I think so. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, take Olivia with me. Yeah, I'm gonna go, go see it. Uh, have you done Our Town lately? <gasps> no, Our Town. Uh, Dearborn did Dearborn it a couple did. of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Last year, um, a couple I want someone else is doing to it. request it, and if you guys can do, I just want to put it out there because I just read Tom Lake. By Ann Patchett. Have you ever read any Ann Patchett books? She's great. Tom Lake is her newest book. She's like my favorite author. And the book is set in northern Michigan. It's set in Traverse City, which is, and she's not from Traverse City. She's from Tennessee. So, and she, so that was cool. Like everyone yeah. was like, oh, it's in Michigan. And it's about a theater company that does Our Town. So I just, oh, after cool. reading it, I was like, I have to go see it. I read that and I love it. But I've never seen it actually done. Our town? Yeah. Yeah, I know we got to find it. Okay. To throw that on the table. All right. Next it's year. Easy to produce. Next year we'll uh, do it next year. Easy to produce. It's an easy yeah. show to put on. Oh. Yeah. oh, I bet it would be. I think people would want to see it because oh, the yeah. book was so popular. So that's my petition. to bring that back. Do a poll. Yeah. Who thinks we should do Our Town next year? Yeah. <laughs> do you, is there anything else you wanted to say about Escanaba before? Uh, just that it opens September 15th. Okay. We run Fridays and Saturdays at 8 o'clock, Sundays at 2 o'clock until October 1st. Uh, tickets for seniors are $18. Tickets for adults are $20. And uh, Ridgedale Players is located at 205 West Long Lake Road. Yeah, so get out there, people. S- support your community theater. And if you wanted to, if there are people, kids, adults, whatever, who wanted to participate in the future, how would they How would they find more information or what so should they do? they can email info at ridgedaleplayers.com. Okay. And they can find that also on our website. There'll be a link to email for information. And I'm the one that checks the email. Nice. So I'll be the one that's getting the email. A friendly face. Yep. Yep. Of course, and all the socials, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Okay. Well, we've got, we've got auditions for Barefoot in the Park coming real quick. September 7th. Yeah, September 7th. And then I believe we've, we've got our uh, uh, Christmas story auditions set for October 7th, mm-hmm. 6th or 7th, right around there. Um, and that, so the first one, Barefoot, will be adults. 
but we'll be looking for kids, lots of kids for for Christmas story because there's that there's there's students there. It's not just Ralphie and his brother. We got students and of course Flick and Schwartz and a whole cast of characters there. For auditions, do people just show up or do they register ahead of time? So you can do either. Okay. So if you go to ridgedareplayers.com slash auditions, and okay. you'll see a header at the top for auditions, it'll give you a link to information. Sometimes they post portions of the script for each of the characters, oh, so you can work on it ahead of time. Uh-huh. Sometimes they post a song they want you to learn. Okay. Especially with kids, they usually yeah. want them to learn two to three lines of a song. Or they'll ask a kid, bring a tape or bring, you know, karaoke version or, mm-hmm. you know, audio on your phone and just sing something you know. Um, and some people practice ahead of time and prep ahead of time. And some people just show up the day of the audition awesome. and give it a shot. So you can do, you can do either. You can pre-register or you can show up and for the our day of an audition. S- for our set builders and our painters and all of that, do they just email if they're yeah. interested? Like, yep. oh, I can paint. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so absolutely. Cool. Thank you so very much. Thank, Thank you, you so for having us. You're so fun to talk to. Thank you guys so much. I can't wait to go see everything. Thank you for listening to The Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. You can find more information about the books and library services we mentioned in the show on our website at troypl.org slash podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic for future discussion, please email us at podcast at troypl.org. Thank you for listening and happy reading.